Hey everyone, welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Trek actor and director and also producer of Resident Alien. Yeah! Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil and myself, your favorite eternal ensign, Garrett Wong. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. Wow. Yeah. You like that dramatic pause I gave you? I did. I didn't know where you were going. I didn't know where I was going either. Covered some weird (laughs) stuff. Yes, we have. I decided to pull it to something more current. Resident Alien, which uh, now is, you know, our, our, the part two of our season two is finally airing. So, so I exciting. hope everybody's watching it. I think yes. they are. It's a great show. I hope so. It's, it's a, a fun great show. show. So I, I'm, you know, I'm jetting, jetting around, flying here, flying there. I just get, got back into Vegas. I was literally, in Calgary, like, literally just got back in. I was in Calgary only for a couple of days, but I promised Megan that I would make it for the Hamilton showing in Calgary, basically, the Hamilton came to Calgary. The tour so, came through town. Yeah, they came through oh, town. Oh, that's so exciting! We, we went to go watch it, and it was understudy night. <laughs> oh no! Pretty, yeah. Yeah, but I gotta say, the one, the one understudy that knocked it out of the park was the actress who played Eliza, mm-hmm. uh, Alexander Hamilton's wife, uh, and this. Young lady was Asian American, Chinese American. Really, so I was oh, I was so excited to see oh, that's the awesome. representation. And boy, she did a good job. Oh, that's really awesome. good. Yeah. And then um, you know they had an understudy for Burr, which is a huge role oh, for yeah. an understudy. And there were some numbers that he did very well, and others that it just seemed he was a little nervous. You know, and mm. that that happens. Um, Washington kind of went up on a line. And he didn't go up on a line. He said the wrong word, which was kind of weird. And he corrected oh, himself. Weird. And then he had to speed his wrap up to catch up with the music. And I felt, I felt really bad for him. I'm like, oh, you know, because wow. as actors, we all have those nights where everything seems to go not the way we oh, <laughs> yeah. we planned, you know, and our we get tongue-tied and the wrong word comes out of our mouth. And we're maybe, you know, so I feel for the man. I'll tell my worst the worst theater mess up night and it really had nothing to do with me, but I was left holding the ball. So do you remember Mattel electronic football? Yes. The little game where the Coleco 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 Mm -hmm. and and it was a little handheld and the, and the little red dots will move around. Yes. Every American boy had one. I I had one and I'm doing, I I'm doing a play a professional production of the unsinkable Molly Brown okay. musical yeah. at the Harlequin Dinner Theater in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm oh 15 goodness. years old. Oh. I'm, in the, I'm in the chorus. I'm just like in I'm one of the chorus guys. <laughs> oh and goodness. but it was like a six week run or something. So, you oh. know, we had been doing this play night after night. And I was the the there was a scene on the boat where Molly Brown gets a telegram. Okay. And basically the telegram says, Molly, you've got to come to New York to this big party. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I was dressed for the big party number that was about to come up after this scene. And I'm sitting in the wings playing my electronic football (laughs) and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. I knew that there was a couple minutes left. And so I'm waiting. And then all of a sudden it's silent. And I, and I look up 
and the guy that's supposed to come out with the telegram lines. Yeah. He's nowhere to be found. Oh, no. So they're out on stage waiting for the guy who's supposed to bring the telegram. And I'm sitting there with the electronic football and I'm looking and I'm like, what do we do? And the stage manager rips a page out of his script. And hands it to you and shows you out there? folds Folds it up like a telegram, hands it to me and goes, go. I didn't know the lines. (laughs) I didn't know the scene. I didn't know what he was supposed to say. So I go out there and I'm like, Molly, (laughs) this is for you. And they sort of improvise. And I'm clearly, I'm in a tuxedo for the next number. (laughs) Like what? And as luck would have it, that was the night my father came to see the show. Oh no! After the show. Yeah, I go to see my father and yeah. he's like, oh, it was so fun. It was great. He goes, yeah. but you had a little mess up there in your scene with the telegram. And I was like, that wasn't, that wasn't my, my scene, scene dad. Oh, I wasn't no. supposed to be in that. So it was, it, I was terrified because well, I didn't. Yeah. Okay. The, the, the question that everyone is asking is what happened to the telegram actor? I, I, the dressing rooms were like upstairs above the stage okay. and I, you, there's a monitor so you can hear the play yes. going on while you're in the dressing room. Correct. And people chat and wait and he just wasn't paying attention. Oh my gosh. So he came running down. So as I came off the stage, from, he came running down, he yeah. was running down, like panting. Oh my god! <laughs> Terrified. It was funny. Oh. Yeah, so things happen. You know, Look people... at you picking up the slack. That guy owed you a pizza, at least. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Well, it was a dinner theater. There's plenty of food around. So, <laughs> did they fire him after that or no? No, I don't think so. There really wasn't anyone to fill it. No. Up. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? <laughs> But, you know, I think that's something that I would dream of, like as a a nightmare of missing my cue to come on stage. Oh, yeah. Stage production. I would. Oh, oh my gosh. I can't even imagine doing that. But I, yeah, it it happens. And you must have been turning red and purple. Oh, I was having to deal with that. My heart was just (laughs) racing. Well, thank you for sharing that. The actors in the scene were so great because they were like, you know, I said, Molly, this is for you or something. I don't even know if I said, I was so terrified. I may not yeah. have even said anything. Yeah. And then she goes, oh, it's a telegram. And I think in the scene, he was yeah. supposed to say, yeah, it's from Buffalo Bill so, or whatever. Right. He, he's supposed to say a lot of stuff that gives yeah. her information. Yeah. So instead she was like, oh, is this a telegram? Is it from Buffalo Bill? Oh, <laughs> like she she's said, and, I, she's and I was like, mm-hmm. prompting you. Yeah. She's like. Is he in New York right now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was amazing. And is there? Are you going to a costume party later? Yes. You're very well dressed for a telegram person for a messenger. So that would have been very funny. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. That's I, I haven't. Even, I've never experienced anything like that. But that, yeah. that must have been terrifying for you and for the other actor who missed yeah. his cue. Yeah. It's the theater. Okay. It's exciting. Yeah, it is. It is. Hey, are you ready to watch this episode? I am. Okay. What is the episode again? It's called Alice. Alice. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. We will be right back. Robbie and I will be right back with our recap and discussion of the episode Alice. Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. Okay. Robbie and I are back from watching Alice. Yes, we are. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
let's uh it doesn't well, withhold your comments let's just okay. go right into our our poetry synopsis okay. and i'm going to start with my haiku for alice and it it goes a little something like this okay tom has a new toy it has a mind of its own torres saves tom's bum <laughs> my other option was torres alarm clock <laughs> <laughs> nice. But I, like I went saves with Tori saves Tom's bum. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. okay. Well, here we go with a limerick synopses, yes. as they say somewhere. Some I don't know who they are, but they say <laughs> they syn- <laughs> they always say synopses. Yes. I say synopsis. Okay. Here we go with limerick. A shuttle and Tom start to blend. He thinks she's some kind of girlfriend. Tom goes on the run. Balana says, this is done. From now on, Tom's hobbies will just be a friend. <laughs> Good job. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank hey, you. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, give us the rundown when it comes to the guest stars. I want to hear about Yes, our guest, guest stars. stars. So we have Claire Rankin playing Alice. Mm-hmm. And Claire is a Canadian actress Probably best known for her recurring role as Dr. Kate Heitmeyer uh, on Stargate Atlantis. She was like a recurring regular on Stargate Atlantis. So sci-fi fans would know from there. But her very first job that I could come up with was Death Wish, The Face of Death, 1994. What? Yeah, she was in Death Wish. Is this the Charles Bronson series? Charles Bronson. It's one of the Death Wish movies. So I don't know which one it was because he made sequels. So this is Death Wish, The Face oh, of Death. Oh, my God. And if, you, and if you recall, I was an extra on Death Wish 3 or 4. So one of them. Whatever yeah. it was. And Tim Russ was actually a bit player, of under five actor on that film as well. Oh, that's so. funny. And so uh, was Claire Rankin. And so, <laughs> okay. Good to know. Um, our other actor is John Fleck. Mm. Um, Star Trek fans will know him from lots of roles that he played in Star Trek. Oh. Um, he plays Abaddon. Yeah. And John Fleck, is, uh, he's, he was born in Cleveland, mm. for those that love Cleveland. Uh, that's where Tim Hagen, Kate Mulgrew's ex-husband. Ex. Yeah. Tim was uh, from Cleveland. And uh Let's see his very first job that John Fleck has that I'm aware of. I know he did a lot of theater, so he had a big theater career, but his first film job that I could find was in 1982, a movie called Truckin' Buddy McCoy. (laughs) Some kind of low budget. This this sounds like a credit that you had on your resume. Something that you had. Truckin' Truckin Buddy Buddy McCoy. Yeah. All this right. movie starred uh, Terry Knox and Miguel Ferrer, and it was in 1982. That's John Fleck's first job that I could find on film. Okay. But he's done a lot of other Trek, though. Other oh, than, tons other than of Boyer. other Trek. Yeah. Well, it definitely shows because when it comes to guest stars, a lot of times guest stars are so uncomfortable um, doing Trek because techno babble, because pushing buttons, because, yeah. you know, a number of reasons. But I felt that his performance, it, it was he was so comfortable in his skin. It was really, yeah. it was impressive what he laid down. So he was great. He He's a great, a great actor. Job. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he was in every one of the Star Trek franchises, yeah. the TNG Voyager yeah. DS nine and enterprise. Well, and if they haven't used them on the newer stuff, they should this, this guy can, can yeah, definitely knock great. it out of the park. Okay. He's great. All right. 
This was a teleplay by Brian Fuller and ah, Michael Taylor. Yeah. Story by Julianne Delane. I don't know who that is. Maybe but... it's pronounced because it's spelled the same way as how, you know, how Delancey is little D, Delaney? little E, capital L. So I think it might be Delaney. Yeah, that's oh, my okay. guess. Mm-hmm. Don't know. We don't. I don't know her, but Brian Fuller, Michael Taylor, who shared an office on our show, mm-hmm. um, they wrote this teleplay, and David Livingston directed it. It's a Livingston which I didn't show. remember. Right. Um, I don't remember that at all either. No. Well, you don't probably don't remember much because you were mostly on the bridge. Although you were. Yeah, in, I have a in shot in engineering. engineering. Yeah. Got so, a couple okay. other shots, but yeah. I, I I will say, watching this episode. Mm. Uh, first of all, it reminds me a lot of Stephen King's Christine. Yes. It, it basically the name feels, probably is it's the yeah, same. It yeah. feels like a ripoff mm-hmm. straight from that, from yeah. that, that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's our Trek version of Christine. Right. And I did not remember how much I did in this episode. I mean, you're all over it. Yeah. It's you're literally, it. I was like, Oh my God, there's another scene with Tom Paris. Like every scene and I will say, overall, I feel like it's a it's a good story. But to me, in the end, I was just it was there was I had a lot of frustration watching this, and I okay. and I get why maybe I didn't remember it because it just you blocked it out. I way. blocked it out a little bit. <laughs> okay, I think I blocked it out. But yeah. you know, even that being said, there are still going to be fans who really love this episode regardless yeah. if you don't like yeah. it there's still fan and that's something that we've learned there's episodes that we have both rated very low and we've gotten emails or comments that this was my there's favorite people- episode yeah. of voyager of all yeah. time so you know so you and, know, and don't think, be too hard on yourself is what and, I'm trying to say. but i do think like the idea of doing christine in space is a good idea i just i i struggle with the the story structure yeah and the the kind of full journey of Tom going down this road of this haunted thing. Spiraling downwards. It didn't feel like it. I don't know. It felt like we skimmed the surface of this story. Yeah. And you know, my, my rule of a great episode is something that involves everybody more equally. And this one didn't, it was, it was a lot of people. I don't think we saw the doctor until 30 or 40 minutes in (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it was deep. We didn't, See, you know, Janeway was getting caught up on this on yeah. the status from Chakotay near the end. Like it was almost like where was Janeway the whole episode? So yeah, I don't know that that part bothered me that we didn't see more of the cast. Yeah, that's always been an important requirement for you in terms of what you deem yeah. to be a good episode. And for me, that's not as important. But you know, when there are certain holes in this in the plot or or certain things that that stand out. That's, that's what bothers me. And I, I personally feel that the suit, the flight suit was introduced too early because you're wearing that darn thing. Like no one is making any, the only person who comments about it is Chakotay who says like, you know, get rid of it, shave, whatever. But no one else says the thing about, you know, Harry does say, what are you wearing? But still, I felt like that was introduced way too early. I feel like that's that flight suit should have come in right before uh, the fight with Balana, you know, or maybe that's when you should be wearing it for the first time when you're showing, you know, when yeah. you're showing uh, uh, Balana, not when you're showing her the ship, but when you come in and find her um, dying, basically dying or something. Yeah, yeah. That maybe that you have the suit mm-hmm. then, but you're wearing it so early and so that, early. that kind of, nobody me really comments on it. Like, no, it's, it's not like weird. 
No, and it's yeah. almost, it just reminds me of like the, you know, when you talk about grade school kids, kids going to school, and the one and the one kid who's a little bit, you know, marches to the beat of his own drum, wearing this, you know, the Captain America suit to school, and everyone else is wearing normal clothes. That's kind of how I felt yeah. Tom was. It's almost like he's going to wear yeah. that suit now, you know. I mean, we'll let we'll let him wear his little costume, and I, I felt that yeah. that just that didn't really do justice to the episode or the story. So that that yeah. bummed me out a little bit. Well, let's get um, into the, the yeah. Let's get into so, it. First thing is we're, we we're on the bridge. Well, space shot first, right? Exterior yeah, space, space shot, shot. Of Voyager, yeah, leading space to the bridge. Shot, mm-hmm. and then we we go, go in on the bridge, and it's basically Tom and Harry trying to guess Tuvok's age, <laughs> which is a very funny scene. It's um, a great scene. It's a great yeah. scene. It's a you really say, fun. You guess yeah. 162, I guess 133. But the other funny thing, you notice Pablo is standing next to Tuvok. I made a note of that. Just staring at him. He's not, I mean, what is he doing there? Well, and it's, it's one of our regular uh, background guys, Pablo, Pablo Soriano. Yeah. Pablo Soriano was a regular background. Yeah. He's done a million commercials. You'll see him in commercials everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. And the thing I love about Pablo is he was a salsa dancer. Do you remember this? Yes, yes. yes. And he used to like <laughs> dance around the while we're waiting for yeah. you know everybody to get there. Yeah. He'd talk about his salsa nights. And mm-hmm. uh I love <laughs> Pablo's awesome. Yeah, yeah but Pablo's kid. just standing there while while Tuvok is avoiding answering the questions from yeah. us. He's playing with a pad. And right. then at the end, he gets up and hands the pad to Pablo, which I I uh I was glad to see Pablo with a little specific screen time, not yes. just deep. Deep background. Yes. The other thing I made note of in the scene is when uh, Harry says to Tuvok, don't tell me Vulcans are embarrassed about their age. Tuvok responds with this comment. He says, uh, on the contrary, we value the wisdom that comes with advancing years. And I that, ring, that immediately rung a bell in my head. And the memory is whenever I try to do impersonations of the other cast yes. as the, in, their, in character, I would always find a go-to phrase from yes. that character. So for Tom Paris, it's always been, yes, ma'am. So I, I, I use yes, ma'am to get into the Tom Paris voice. And Chakotay. Okay? Chakotay is, any luck yet, Tuvok? So the any luck yeah. yet, Tuvok is how I get to, into, into um, Chakotay. And for me, and Tim has always been a tough one for me to, to kind of wrap my, my head around or my mouth around in a way, because yeah. it's just... It's harder to get his voice down, but I do recall that that was the line that I worked on sp- day and night. On the contrary, we value the wisdom that comes with advancing years. So I used that one <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> on the contrary, we value the wisdom that comes with advancing years. And so I used that over and over again to try to get him c- come close. And yeah. I still feel that I'm not really as close as I'd like to it's be. It's good. That was yeah, good. But yeah, there it is. That, it, it took you into season six <laughs> yeah, before you did. had a catchphrase for Tuvok. <laughs> for Tuvok. Um, Harry detects a fleet of ships, 200,000 kilometers dead ahead but mm-hmm. he can't identify the ships tom reads multiple hull configurations so it's different ships they're not all the same tuvok immediately orders shields to be raised switches to red alert at this point janeway comes in with chicote she asks for a status report tuvok says there's a large group of ships dead ahead possibly hostile he says he's charging weapons Harry detects 62 ships and a few hundred pieces of ships all dead in space. And Paris has the best line of this scene. Congratulations, Tuvok. You just saved us from a flotilla of hostile trash, (laughs) which I just (laughs) love. So good job there on the writing. Um, We are then hailed 
by the guest star of the week and the Mr. Abaddon, John yeah, Mr. Fleck. Abaddon, John Fleck. He says, welcome to Abaddon's repository of lost treasures. I, I, I love that line. I love the introduction. Yes. yes. It sets and a really unique them tone. them to come yeah. in and browse, look around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought he was great. The makeup on him was really different than we've seen. Completely. Yeah. And I liked it Completely. a lot. It sort yeah. of had this, you know, it was kind of the typical skin tone underneath, but then it had these kind of brown, almost like a shell, like an eggshell. And the back was this brown eggshell kind of protecting the head or something. Was that his uh, helmet or like, you know, was that some type of headgear? Or no, that's I think part it was of part of his anatomy. Anatomy. I think oh, okay. it is. All right. But I, th- I thought it was really cool. Still, it was very, it's, very cool. It's hard to get this st- far into the Star Trek world and come up with new makeups that really feel unique and different. And this one to me felt, you know, the, the color combinations, yes. the, uh, all of it felt really good. So and his like choice of, of how he played that character and just his initial lines immediately kind of gave me this, it hearkened to an earlier era. It was almost like we were back in a, a 30s That's or 40s his, black and white movie, you know, yeah. very theatrical, very. Um, That's his theater training. John very Frank. unique. Very yeah. talented. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's jump to the next scene. We're we're in the transporter room, and again, mm-hmm. right off the bat, the camera is on Abaddon as he materializes, and again, he doesn't have that sort of confused look that guest stars have when they get transported on our ship. He's ready to go. I mean, yeah. he, like, his lines are there. He's just he's on point. So Abaddon arrives. We find out that uh, his name is the same name that his father had, his grandfather had. Not very creative. He's greeted by Chakotay and Neelix, and he senses by that the, Neelix. By the way, mm. so he's greeted by Chakotay and Neelix, and the first thought I had was, why is Abaddon wearing Neelix's coat from the pilot? It's <laughs> no, the, he's not. It looks like it's the not, same. There's no way that's. But it's similar. It's similar, and I was like, that's not fair because I love that coat on Neelix. And here's Abaddon coming in with styling like Neelix. And I was very upset about it. You know, Neelix, that should have been his lines. Uh, Mr. Abaddon, that I have not seen my coat in a while. I think that's you're wearing my coat. It. I think you're wearing my coat. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's a traitor coat. Maybe that's sort of Maybe a Delta the Quadrant. Signature like of a de- yeah. The signature, if you're yes. a traitor. Right. A junk trader like Neelix was, then you got to wear that be. kind of coat. <laughs> That's be. what it is. Oh my goodness! Good, anyway, good eye, good eye. You caught it. He gives um, them a he gives them a list of his available inventory. Yeah, and he looks around the uh, transporter room. He's like, yeah. "Wow, you've got gra- artificial gravity plating, mm-hmm. plasma based power induction system." Yeah. He's very impressed. Yeah, and by the way, he hands Chakotay his inventory, yeah. and Chakotay within. Two seconds goes, oh, looks like you've got a few things here we could use. What is he, a speed reader? He is a speed reader. I don't know if you know that, but that is- How did he read it so fast? Akuchi Moya. I guess so. He used Akuchi Moya. And by the way, in the transporter room, did you see Jerry Fleck's nephew? That's right. Simon. Simon, Simon. Jerry Fleck's nephew, our first, first assistant director's nephew, Simon. He's Uh, the transporter control guy. He's the transporter chief for the day. Good old Simon. Uh, but as as uh, Abaddon didn't is looking Simon, at these, by the way, didn't Simon stand in for Neelix quite often? Yes, correct. Yeah, I yes, thought so. About the okay. same height. So he was the stand-in for lighting when they would be lighting yeah. the scene. Mm-hmm. Simon mm-hmm. would stand there where Ethan Phillips would be 
doing yeah. the scene and they'd get the lighting prepared with a stand-in. So that's right. what Simon did. Yeah, Simon anyway. did that. Quiet guy, yeah. but nice guy. Um, yeah. So, you know, Abaddon's really impressed with all these things that he sees, but Chicote says those are integrated systems that we cannot trade. Neelix is the one that comes up with the suggestion that converting spare duranium sheeting in Cargo Bay 1 into gravity plating, and Chicote's all over that. He's like, okay, you know what? Neelix, show Mr. Abaddon our inventory. And so Neelix takes Abaddon and they both leave. So let me just talk about this for a second. Yeah. So they're in the transporter room talking. They're all standing in the middle of the transporter room. And Chicote says, okay, Neelix, you go give him a tour and I'm going to head this way. So Chicote goes out camera right. Yeah. And then Neelix and Abaddon go out camera left as if there's a back door. There is no back there's, door. <laughs> there's no back door. It went nowhere. Like, why Good are they eye. going different directions? There's only one door in this place. It was uh, I, 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 that, such a good eye. I feel this is something that our Admiral Jason Oaken is going to bring up. I feel like he's going to say, I mean, I, where I did they walk I, to? Yeah, I get <laughs> why story-wise they want to say, okay, Chakotay is yeah. going this way. They're going that way. Yes. But there is no that There way. is no there's, that way. But the audience no doesn't way. know that, so it's okay. So. It's, but now, <laughs> but now, I'm now they do. You. Now, now I'm telling you. It was, We've uh, just ruined. Robbie has just ruined your experience, you're everybody. <laughs> there's no back door. You're um, welcome. <laughs> Okay, we go to Astrometrics. There's yeah. Paris, Seven, and Harry yeah. uh, looking at what is uh, available, I guess, to, yes. for them from this Inventory, junkyard. yeah. Harry says it's even more that this junk trader has more than the Borg had. Yeah, more more junk, more tech more, than the Borg They've has. collected more than the Borg, and Seven is like, yes, Everyone well, needs Borg humor. Yes. And Seven's like, yes, but most of this is useless. So right. Seven's like, this is junk. Right. And then Paris sees, he goes, wait, uh, you know, expand that. Look, look right over there. He sees this old shuttle. Yeah. And Paris is obsessed suddenly <laughs> with this vintage Delta Quadrant shuttle that he sees in the junkyard. He even says at the end, I think I'm in love. Which I just thought, again, I thought, like, where is this coming from? Like, yeah, but I, you played it great because you were so, I mean, you didn't even look at us. You were locked onto that view screen. You're looking at the astrometric screen and you're, you just say, I think I'm in love. It was under your breath. I think you, I think you played it perfectly. And oh, thank you. It, it, was absolutely, it, it was believable to me completely. And then plus our reactions. Did you notice seven and, and uh, yes, our reactions yes, yes. also validated your, your, yeah, there your was some good, there's some I good mean, comedy in this and there's oh, some good moments. Yeah. And I, I will say, as we go through it again, yeah. I'm not critical necessarily of my performance. It's not like I'm like, Oh, I really messed that scene up and not seen it. I actually think, you know, generally my performance and the other guest stars and everyone's performance is good. Mm-hmm. My struggle in this episode is I'm just not invested in the stakes of the story. I don't feel okay. the context of why is Paris suddenly in this story? I know, I know he's into, you know, vintage stuff or 20th century stuff, but it just feels like it's not specific enough in this episode of why he's becoming obsessed about this um, suddenly. Okay. You know, right. anyway, it, I think there's a bunch made, of missing scenes. I, I guess is my, it still is my made answer. sense to me. I was able to, you know, I was able to work it out of my head. So okay, go to the briefing room next. Chakotay is there. Harry's there. Neelix, Paris, and uh, they're talking about some some kind of inexpensive cultural artifacts that uh, that they might take. Um, Paris is is showing. Then brings up the shuttle, 
and he yeah. jumps up from the well, table. Well, it wasn't just the cultural artifacts. Let's just be clear. It's also all the other items we want to trade for that we can use on the ship. You know, yes, there's some yeah. other stuff. Right. And then there's some some of these junky artifacts, which are going to come up later. Anyway, yeah. so Para says to Chakotay, and there's the shuttle. And he says, he starts showing the uh, the schematics up on the, uh, on the side panel. And he talks about the optronic weapon systems that they mm-hmm. have with this neurogenic interface. So there is a part of this shuttle that's something that could be kind of cool. You know, it could, it ties right into the pilot's thoughts. So it could be more maneuverable. It could help our technology um, quite a bit. It could even be, you know, it could be better than the Delta flyer or we could use this technology in the Delta flyer. So, you know, he's into it. Did that remind and you of anything when they talked about that technology? Optronic interface. No, what? It just reminded me of, I, I think on certain U.S. attack helicopters that the helmet of the pilots, the oh, visor. Yeah, they got like a heads up. Can, the visor, if the pilot looks to the right, the guns will move to the right too. Like it, it tracks whatever they look. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. So there's a little bit of that that neural interface there with with modern day technology as well. That's what I thought about. Yeah. Interesting. But you're, you're definitely, Paris is definitely making an impassioned plea for this vessel to be one of the things that we trade for. And I love how he says, I will do all the restoration on my own time. Plus, if I need any help, Harry has already agreed to help. And then my, my, oh, I have, I, I, I just liked our little interaction there. Yeah, You're nice. just obsessed. You want it. And, so and what we're trading for is uh, Paris has offered up his audio file collection, his which jukebox. basically he says, yeah, it's my jukebox. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'd like funny. to, I'd love to see all the titles in that collection. The songs like in that collection. Yeah. I'd like nice. to know, you know what? Where did you, he keep you this should jukebox? probably, why didn't we see that in his quarters ever? I or know. Why, or why didn't he put it in mess hall for everybody to use his 20th century jukebox? That would have been awesome. I know. Here's a long-term homework project for you. Yes. Come up with those titles, come up with those titles. And then the we songs. can say Tom's yeah. Tom's playlist. And we can post that online. Okay. I think people would be really excited to see his what jukebox those, yeah. play, his 20th century, jukebox his 20th playlist. century jukebox, what songs. Okay. And you have a very, you know, you have a pretty good grasp of music as a human being. And I think you'd be able to okay. pull out everything and okay. put that on, on, on. All right. Okay. All right. All right. We are in the corridor now and yes. Abaddon is debriefing Tom about this derelict vessel that he is now the owner of basically. And Neelix is there too. And they had do a walk and talk towards the transporter room. And, um, it's it's a very it's a it's a great scene. There's a lot of energy to it. Uh, everything's moving. All the, all the lines are being uh, are coming out fast and furious. And when they're in the transporter room, um, Ab- Abaddon does say that this this shuttle is special. It's it, like a daughter to him. Yes. And I think that's you know a little clue that Abaddon's already had this experience that Paris is about to have of mm-hmm. of this very special mm-hmm. shuttle. Yeah. She's and he says all trades are yeah. final. Yes, he also the, says that. That's the one more thing that he has in the transporter room, and but Neelix guesses it. Neelix says, "Let me guess. All trades are final." So mm-hmm. it's Neelix in his trader, trader uh, uh, knowledge. He knows what what the deal is. Yep. And I love Neelix's little laugh at the end after Abaddon points at him. He's like, "Yep, you got it." Neelix has this little joyful laugh, sort of like he he guessed he guessed the clue on the game show correctly. So he was yeah. 
pretty happy about that. Uh, we have a little space flyby of Voyager here. And I noticed the nacelles looked very bright. Brighter than usual? Partic- yeah. Okay. I don't know why that is. I don't mm. know why, but they de- they definitely seemed bright I thought that blue. was all stock footage, though. You would think it would almost always be the same. But in this yeah. one, I was like, I particularly noticed, maybe it was the angle. Hmm. I was like, whoa, those nacelles look pretty bright. Okay. But we we go from space into the shuttle, shuttle bay, bay, and Harry and Tom are there working on Alice. Yeah, Tom named uh, named the shuttle that. Uh, Harry says you should name it the lo- a lost cause. Right, which I thought was funny. Also, yeah. Harry's sleeves are rolled up. I know. I'm always like, whenever I see one of us with our sleeves rolled up, I'm like, oh, this must be real serious. Work. <laughs> this is serious yeah, work. They're getting... if you're gonna roll up those and sleeves. Did you did you see we had grease on our faces? Yeah. We had like grease. I'm like, wait a minute. What what shuttle in the Delta Quadrant <laughs> uses grease <laughs> to lubricate it? I don't, it makes no sense. And if it was in space, why is it covered in dust? And yeah, <laughs> it just, I mean, I get why if it was Christine, the Stephen oh, King novel, the critique it's a, begins. Oh, I was, I was just like, there's no grease, there's no dust. It just doesn't make any sense. Maybe on the it's inside, the- it could it could have been. There could be some debris or something, but I don't know. Dust, dust is organic, yes. an organic thing. That- I hear you. I, I but I st- critiques aside, I still like this scene between us. I think it's, it's a, a good scene. It's a good scene. I right? just I wish mean, we didn't have grease. I hear you. I hear you. You had fancy the- hair in this, by the I- way. Poofy, <laughs> extra poofy hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That note's a little lower, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's it's not as poofy as Anson Mount's Pike's hair, but it is. There's some poof in poofy. there. Yeah. Yes. The biggest issue with this vessel is that yes. there are damaged power cells everywhere. Okay, and in talking about the fact that Harry, uh, that Tom has named this shuttle Alice and Harry says, how about the lost cause? That's when Tom goes into the story about Al- Alice Batisti, this young lady he met back in his academy days mm-hmm. who was sexy, smart, and wouldn't give him the time of day. So this is the, the, the uh, influence of, uh, this is the person who influenced the yes. name of this shuttle, basically. Um, yes. Tom tries on the uh, neurogenic interface for the first time when he's inside yeah, the shuttle. Yeah, that thing that comes yeah. around, wraps yeah, around. Comes around. Yeah. And it you know, works for a few seconds, but uh, two more power cells blow out. And Tom eagerly wants to reconfigure their power distribution grid. Harry is tired and wants to go to bed. Tom finally relents. But I, uh, what I did make note of is I just love the use of shadows and darkness during this scene, um, mm-hmm. which we t- typically don't have. Everything is always so well lit on Voyager, but a lot of shadows. And I, I liked David Livingston's, you know, um, camera angles and everything. Well, it, it, they had to play this room dark because mm-hmm. after Tom and Harry leave, that's when it the camera on. pans yeah. back over in the darkness and the shuttle comes to life, comes to it life. wakes yeah. up. And it would not be as impactful if it was super bright lighting and then yep. it just the cockpit lights up, correct? Yep. So it was for effect that it started off so dark. But mm-hmm. I thought I thought it worked. I mean, I, I loved it. I really liked the dark. Yeah, it was very cool. It comes to life. It wakes up and we see inside, a cut yeah. inside the shuttle. We yeah. see the, com- the shuttle computer is now analyzing Tom's brain. Oh, I know. That was freaky. And it's yep. starting to analyze, you know, it's starting to find its this, own voice, right? Yes, and then you hear this female voice sort of appear. Right. But it's almost the female voice of your voice is what I kind of yeah. felt that it was doing. It was taking your voice and turning it into a female voice. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and saying the same lines that you were saying when you said good night. I think you said good night, good night, Alice, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. And it sort of repeats it and then and then evolves it into this creepy it's female voice. Creepy. Um, we go into Tom's quarters and uh, he's there and then suddenly he hears a woman's voice. And he's not sleeping. He's still no. up. He's working on a pad da, 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 and he hears the voice. Yes, he hears mm-hmm. this voice. He thinks it's Balana for a moment. He mm-hmm. calls Balana and he follow, He goes outside to the corridor. Um, he hears the voice again. He looks down and sees a woman rounding a corner. Before you round the corner, it looked like you had a cut on your lip in that scene. I noticed that. Yeah. Did you notice that? I was like, yeah. what happened? Either I, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what happened there, but it was definitely noticeable. I saw that. But then so. you didn't see it again. Yeah. Then it was gone. So yeah. I, was like, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Maybe one of your kids kicked you in the, in the, in the mouth by mistake. I don't know how that got, got there, but yeah, I noticed there a little in, yeah. I mean, there was some inconsistency in Tom Paris's makeup throughout the beard got long. Then it was mm-hmm. all of a sudden shorter, mm-hmm. you know, it was different. Yeah, it was definitely some. Uh, I like the look with the you know not shaving and stuff yeah. like that. I thought it was a good look for Tom. But yeah, close to what uh, you got to right now, actually. Yeah, exactly. But but it wasn't consistent, and okay. so it it kept taking me out of it. I kept All being right. focusing in on oh the beards changed, the yeah. looks changed. Take us but, back um, to the corridor. Take us back to the corridor. He sees. Yeah, we go woman. back in the corridor. She he hears the voice. It's not Bolana. There's no one out there. He looks, hears it again. He looks down, and this woman is rounding a corner. Yeah, he, see, he sees her from behind, so he starts following her, mm-hmm. and uh, he follows this mis- mystery woman all the mm-hmm. way to the shuttle bay, mm-hmm. and then uh, he steps inside, and we don't see what he looks at. And you, just, I like and, that. I like. That. I did too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't see uh, who he's looking at. And he says, who are you? And you hear the f- that creepy female voice. It's me, it's me Alice. Alice. That's da, the da, name da. he gave the shuttle. So yeah. we know the shuttle is kind of coming to life. And there's yeah. some mystery woman, but we can't put it together. And so it's the, that's the end of the act. The next day, Paris uh, comes back in. It's morning. He says, good morning, Alice. He starts cleaning it up. Then we start hearing music that sort of accompanies a montage slash a working kind of thing, getting work done. Yes, <laughs> it was it was old school kind of like. Yeah. Yeah, I I like the score, but it was very old school. Dun 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 dun. dun. It was like it was that kind sort of, of like eight the A team, or yet like you were doing yeah. uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like something's happening. Yeah, yeah, so it was good music. Old school, good action He's music. Cleaning, cleaning it up, shining, polishing. And then it ends with him revealing this gray flight suit. Silvery gray. Is Silvery I gray. Mm. Not flattering. I'm just going to say. No. It looked like I was wearing a parachute. It, it just, was, <laughs> it it was, was the, bad. It was one of the dumpiest looking uniforms I've ever seen you wear. I'm going to say that right now. It was so. not a good look. No. And he seems so happy, though, yes. about it. And he's oh. very proud of this parachute he's wearing. Oh, yeah. Uh, we go into engineering, mm-hmm. and we see Harry climbing up a ladder in his Buster Kincaid outfit. Yep. On the and second floor, or the com- mezzanine the of mezzanine engineering. Comes mm-hmm. to find Tom, and Tom's still wearing the parachute. Working on a console. Um, and by the way, we see Tom from behind, and I yep. noticed as, as it panned over and revealed Tom there, that I have panty lines. I can see them. <laughs> I can see the panty lines through the parachute. And I, I'm very humiliated. Oh no. I don't understand. Uh, okay. I, I'm going to say 99.999% of fans who are watching this will not 
make note of or even of even be aware of your panty lines exactly you are yeah. so critical which is but i love it i love it when your eye just goes to these crazy things it makes me it I, makes me happy inside it's an and unflattering I suit that show i don't even know if it was panty lines I, but it just had weird weird lines. lines okay okay i don't understand I, it right. anyway harry's it, like tom it, uh, we need you in the holodeck for Captain Proton. Like, come on, let's go, dude. Arachnia yeah. needs you. But Tom well, is well, obsessed. Yes, yes. Well, well, Harry basically has two questions for you. Number one, who are you talking to? Because you're talking to Alice while you're working yes. at the console. And yes. secondly, what are you wearing? Because <laughs> he thinks yes. that you have changed the outfit for Captain Proton. But Harry reminds him, you know, that we had a holodeck appointment, uh, chapter 37, and then mm -hmm. the Web of Pain, which sounds like a really fun chapter. It but does. Tom completely, completely forgets about the appointment. Not only that, he just kind of blows off Harry, just blows him off, just bails on Harry entirely. Yeah. And yeah. look at, did you see the, the just the absolutely, um, you dismiss me and I just have that that look of sadness <laughs> at I the know. very you end. Were very I, I, I'm pretty very disappointed. I was very disappointed in you. And the way I turned and walked away, it made me LOL. I was laughing at that. So by the way, where's Bolana in engineering? Like he's there in this weird suit talking <laughs> to another woman, right in engineering. Like what an idiot. You should what have been wrong with you him? should have been whispering. You should have been now, Alice. This is what, yeah, that would have been a little bit better because even if she isn't there, there are other engineering yes, personnel that would say, hey, that would say hey, your boyfriend was talking to this random yeah. some thing yeah. and yeah he's kind of gone off the deep end yeah um are we done with we the go, scene yeah we go yes. to mess hall next seven right. uh enters mm -hmm. and finds neelix she wants a refund yeah those star she's charts like, star charts mm -mm. obsolete yes. this is junk yeah and neelix says not only that is that junk but there's more things that are worthless yeah the cultural artifacts are worthless. all these cultural yeah. artifacts are worthless and then Seven says, well, that, that crystal. Uh, well, she that picks you have it up there. and it, she wipes the dust off, <laughs> which yes. and the, the dust from space. The dust. Yes. The space and dust. Then, <laughs> the space dust. Pixie and dust. Then, yeah. And then immediately she sees this beryllium crystal. Yes. Very valuable. She very says valuable. it's the, the primary currency in Spatial Grid 539. That's right. This the species. Super there are species yeah. in spatial grid 539 that will trade an entire fleet of starships for this crystal. Yeah. So Neelix is like, well, Abaddon would never have traded that for a few plasma couplings. So Neelix starts debating whether he should return it. And Seven says, need I remind you, all trades are final. And I started thinking, now, wait a minute. She wasn't even in the engineering. She wasn't even in the transporter room. Yeah. yeah, she wasn't even in that scene where he says all trades are final. But maybe that's just... You know, maybe, maybe there's a shipwide newsletter, that. yeah, that yes. goes out to everyone that says Abaddon leaves, and he tells us all oh, trades are final, and that's how she knows. That's yeah. the only way I can justify that. Uh, Paris enters, though he yes. wants to replicate some champagne. He's mm -hmm. christening Alice, and uh, he says he's going to have a private ceremony with Bolana. Yeah, and uh, Neelix then suggests a double Look. date. He yeah, because he well, starts talking about his ship the first time he saw it. The back seal, right? Yes, and that's the what back seal suggests the double date. He mm -hmm. suggests maybe we can have a double date with give uh, us Paris's great line at the end. What is it? I didn't write it down. What oh, is it? it is you pack the picnic basket, I'll bring the deuterium, is what you say. So, uh, always <laughs> clever that Tom Paris. You're not bummed when really? I imitate Tom Paris. No, not are you? At all. Okay, good. You no. know, I love doing the Tom Paris voice. Okay, um, we go to the hallway next. It's Bolan and Paris, uh, heading towards the shuttle bay. and. Paris is like, don't be too critical, you know. 
Um, you know, it's not per- a perfect shuttle. And Bolana's like, when have you known me to be too critical? And then Tom's response, <laughs> he stops. Is that a trick question? <laughs> I love that exchange. This is, so, this to me, uh, this to me, this the scene that begins in the corridor is really the essence of every relationship <laughs> on the planet. Yes, it seems very like relatable. It's so relatable. Uh, yes, and is inside the. Oh, go ahead. But by continue. the way, she doesn't comment on his. She doesn't comment on his weird outfit. Yeah, no, that doesn't like, come up there. This is no? the first time we see that she's seen it. So maybe yeah. she's given him some crap before but maybe like, this would be a great opportunity yeah, yeah to talk about that his his parachute outfit, outfit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anyway we go into the shuttle bay the shuttle is totally cleaned up it's shiny it yeah. looks it looks great all, all good and uh, then we it's cut really inside good. they're opening the champagne yeah they're sitting close and tight she spills a little bit of champagne and that's yeah, and when Tom's very Tom defensive. is like <gasps> He's like, huh, wait, 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 wait. Let me uh, careful you know. of the upholstery. And she jokes. She's like, well, let me just send an engineering crew down here to clean this up for you. She's trying to make light of the situation, but you're not yeah. even, you're not laughing. You're no. so serious about this. Very serious about this mm-hmm. shuttle. Like this is, don't this is your mess baby. around with yeah. my baby. I've cleaned this thing up. Oh, all the goodness. space dust. It was hard to clean up all that space <laughs> dust. But they do. They're, so they're drinking champagne. Yeah. It starts feeling like sexy time a little bit. A little it starts feeling bit. like. Like bit. Tom and Balan are, are going to, you know, have a romantic christening of this thing. And then suddenly there's an alert and uh, the environmental systems are not working properly, starting to get hot in there. And uh, he tries to correct it. He starts all of a sudden his attention goes from sexy time to, oh, I've got to work on this ship. He starts playing with the panels and she's like, well, uh, you know, maybe I could help. And he's like, no, 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 I got this. So he's very territorial about it. Yeah. He's he's basically obsessed with this. Yeah, but thing. when she hears that voice, she says, "Well, that's some voice." That's, and then that's Paris, what it is. yeah, then Paris says right back, "He's like, oh, wait, you getting jealous?" And she's like, "Uh, maybe." I mean, if there's a little little tension there. You she know? can she senses that there's something weird about Tom's connection and yes. obsession yes. with this shuttle. Yes, and uh, he's but he's oblivious to it. And no she clue. she realizes like okay sexy time is over uh, I'm gonna get out of here. Well, she says basically to you, well maybe I should just leave the two of you alone. And then you don't even look at Bolana. You're like yeah okay because you're still you're still trying to make all the trying adjustments. Fix, yeah yeah, and you're okay with her leaving you. And I it know. was just I was watching that going oh my gosh, Tom is crashing and burning. This is and, and we all. Yeah, we've all seen this or we've all experienced this in our own relationships too. you know, this type of thing where one uh, of the of the of the significant others is preoccupied or distracted by something. And this is exactly yep. what happens. And well, she then leaves. with Bolana, she starts to leave and then she gets shocked. <laughs> Alice. Like this, this sh- Alice shocks her on purpose. Basically, on purpose. It's, it's like, yo, you know, yo, girly, you know, you better not you you know, don't touch my here. man. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. Tom Paris's lady, not you. Uh, we go to Chicote's quarters next, though. So that that was a yeah. disaster. The christening, right yeah, christening, the christening was horrible. Time. We have the exterior space shot of Voyager, and now we're in Chicote's quarters. Going to Chicote's quarters, and Paris is pacing. He's he's amped up. He wants. He supplies. looks like he's a crack addict yes. looking for his next fix. Is what he looks like. He's just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. He's he's a little Beavis and Buttheadish. He's very yeah, he's very uh, tense, very distracted. Chicote is like, you know what? You're getting a little obsessed about this. You've been yeah. late for your yeah. shift. You've been distracted on the bridge. 
yeah, you know, obvious signs uh, that you're you're just overdoing it. Yeah, and, and and also all the things you're requesting, you ask for 30 meters of EPS conduit, a broadband sensor matrix, a tactical data module. And Chicote says, well, we have those things, but we can't spare these parts because they are emergency supplies. Mm-hmm. And Tom is like, well, uh, okay, but they're spare parts and Chicote goes, yeah, but they're for an emergency. This is an emergency. Yes. Yeah. So it's Tom too says, much. you're asking Fine. for too much. I'll replicate them. I can replicate the parts. And Chicote says, well, that takes energy and we are in short supply of that also. Mm-hmm. And Chicote is being as nice as he can be to you. He says, well, maybe in a few weeks, if we can replenish our power reserve, then we can replicate those parts. And hearing this, is just like the end of Tom's world. He's like, well, what am I going to do until then? I mean, that's his first sort of outburst that he has. And Chicote says, well, maybe you can do your job. And Tom's like, huh? And he's like, you've been late to two shifts in sickbay. You've been distracted on the bridge. You look run down. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should stop by sickbay and have the doctor check you out. Tom says, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. I just, I just haven't been, yeah, I haven't been getting enough sleep. And Chicote yeah. says, well, look, I would suggest uh, that you turn in early since your next uh, duty shift isn't until 0700. Tom says, well, that's a good idea and starts to leave. And that's when Chicote stops him and says one more thing. And it's interesting. We have one more thing in the transporter room and that's the no, all sales are final. And then we have one more thing in this scene and he wants Tom to shave and put his Starfleet uniform back on. The only person to make any comment about that suit other than Harry asking what the heck he's wearing. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah. So he leaves, but clearly yep. he does not go to sleep. No, he doesn't. He goes in he goes the shuttle bay. Straight to his girlfriend, Alice, exactly. To give her and the bad is, news. And this is when we have this moment. He walks in. Uh, we see the shuttle is there as he heads over the camera wraps around a 360 and reveals the actress in human form yeah so it's what tom is seeing he's yes. seeing this woman mm-hmm. he he's seeing alice as a as a human yeah and yeah. and then tom starts to undo this new suit did you yeah. see this what is he gonna do he's gonna like strip right there in the shuttle bay and like, I was like what? he's gonna walk out with his t-shirt and boxer briefs. That's I it. guess that's what yes, you're going to do. That's his panty lines. That's his panty lines. Yeah. And uh, but the bad news is he has to put the test flight on hold. And uh, like you said, he tries to take off the suit, but she tells him not to yeah. keep it on. And she tells him to ignore protocol. She asks him to activate the neural interface. And this is when she gets into his brain. And basically compels Tom to continue with the repair. Continue. So we cut inside the shuttle. Mm -hmm. And that's when he notices he's, so we jumped uh, a little bit later, a little time cut. He's sitting in the pilot seat. Yeah. And she has made some modifications to his garment so that they can work together. Yeah, there's there's some extra inputs that showed up in the top of his uniform that we're not sure what they do. But um, we know that there's some... Something it's nefarious. Just tightening this this connection that yes. they have. All right, so we jump from the shuttle bay to a scene in one of the vertical Jeffrey's tubes because we have mm-hmm. horizontal and vertical. Tom is climbing up a ladder to get to a part of the Jeffrey's tube that has a power cell, and this is when Alice also appears in human form and starts talking to him. 
Um, and basically, there's a little bit. Is again, this the close talking scene? This is close talking, and, oh, she, and, yes. and she says, "What's wrong?" And you you say something, and and she says, "You're not being honest with me. I thought we agreed to tell each other everything." And then you come out with it. You're saying, well, you still have a conscience. You feel bad. You said, mm-hmm. we're compromising vital systems. And, you know, she says, well, they're they're just kind of backup systems. And Tom's like, well, we still will need them if there's an emergency. And then she goes on to say, sometimes you just have to leave your family behind. You know, you don't belong mm-hmm. here. You belong with me. Yeah. And she knows what he's thinking, everything. So then she asks about his first flight. You remember how that was? And mm-hmm. he starts talking about that. So she's really kind of just, she's got her fangs in just deep into Tom Paris. Yeah, he, and he recalls his first flight yes. and the exhilaration that he yeah. felt. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Furthering and the she, bond. And, between yeah, and she, and she says, remember that feeling? You're going to feel that and more, more. on our, yeah. on on our, our next, for, yeah. our first Just flight like, the next day. So right. she's, right. yeah, she's really kind of, um, you know, brainwashing him here yep. for sure. And, and by the way, okay. So then we go to astrometrics <laughs> and my beard seems to be less. Like we go from this, we I didn't from notice this that Jeffrey's tube scene where it's really close with a, with a good beard. <laughs> and then we go to astrometrics. I'm like, where did my beard go? Did I go groom a little in between the Jeffrey's tube? Anyway. Um, Your superpower today is you are critique man. And yes. I did not see, I did not notice that it was less in this. The scene. beard was less. But I just anyway, noticed Tom's, that you were being super shady. Yeah, he's <laughs> being shady. Yeah. He's, he's got some kind of course. We see this red he's line. Charting a course. He's charting yeah. a course. But then the door opens at seven and he quickly deletes it. He erases right. the, the course. Puts the screensaver uh, on. Puts the screensaver on yeah. and then he lies and said he was just curious uh, about uh, this. I don't even know what he was curious about. He just came in. No, he just said, I was just, I was just curious. Things I just, out. just checking things out. She's like, you don't belong in here. Window like, yeah, shopping. I just came, yeah. I just came in. I was just curious about astrometrics, I guess, in general. Yeah. Se- Seven's very skeptical liar. of everything. He's just, she's just looking at you like, wait a minute. She's were like, you, what's I up didn't with know you were assigned. Suit. Yeah. You, were you assigned to, to astrometrics and yes. looking at his suit? Yeah. And she's, she's critiquing the suit. She's yeah. talking about, you know, this. Maybe it should be this, tested because, you know, it has a neural interface. Yeah. yeah. This neurogenic interface is, could be dangerous. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says she'd do it herself. Yeah. And then in this scene, again, David does this sort of wraparound move. Uh, David Livingston, where all of a sudden Alice is in astrometrics with us, but she's seven can't see her, but Tom right. is seeing her. Right. And it's um, a good reveal though. I like the reveal though. It's a good reveal. She's there, you know, telling him to avoid her questions. Don't yeah. tell her what's going on. Making a quick excuse, get out of there. So she's yeah. coaching him every step Coaching of the way. him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the camera continues to move. And then suddenly Alice is gone. So yeah. I, I think that's, it, it's a great idea. What, what David Livingston did here. It's really well done, well executed. And it also takes the actress who plays Alice to be able to run around behind the camera and then jump into place just for the reveal as if she's just been standing there the whole time. It's it's a challenging kind of acting exercise to be able to do that. I thought she did a great job. She did. She did. And, you know, pretty much only in sci-fi do we see these kind of things, it seems, (laughs) or horror movies. You know, what's funny. It just reminded me. I did this same bit in Resident Alien. Did you? uh, Recently. Oh. Yes, I don't want to give it away because it hasn't been on the air. Okay, yet. but yeah, but um, there was a moment where a character sort of disappears and then reappears, yeah, on the other side of the room. And I yeah. did the same bit, same where, bit, yeah, where the camera panned around, the actress had to run around behind the camera and 
So it's a, it's, it's a fun, you know, it's, it's a fun way for the camera department and the shot making to interact with the actors and, and tell yeah. the story. And, and the actors get a little bit of a workout, you know, a exactly. little physical activity, get, get a little physical exertion. In. There's yeah. some steps. All right. So now we jump to engineering and Kim is testing the regulators that we have received from Abaddon. Mm -hmm. They seem to be working. Torres is there and Harry kind of detects that there's a little bit of something going on when Torres talks about, you know, she had a bad night with Tom and she complains that every time Tom finds a new hobby, she goes right out the airlock. I just love that writing by mm -hmm. Taylor, uh, Taylor and Fuller on this one. And Harry uh, tells her not to take it personally. He goes on to say that the Ferengi call it the five stages of acquisition, infatuation, justification, appropriation, obsession, and resale, and that there is only one stage left when it comes to Tom, and he's going to be all yours again. After he's passed that stage, he'll, he'll give up all of his interest. He's, on, he's in the obsession stage right yeah. now. He's in the obsession stage. He'll soon be in the resale stage. And Torres then notices a 0 0.003 drop in the warp field output. Mm -hmm. And Harry says, well, that's within, within the norm. And she says, well, not on my watch. And she discovers that somebody has removed four power cells from the secondary warp assembly without authorization. Kim checks into it a little bit more and says, whoever did this tried to cover their tracks by rerouting power from adjacent cells. So he asked Torres if he should report this to Tuvok. And Torres says, don't even bother. It's an open and shut case. And she storms out because she knows. Yeah, she's heading she to the knows. shuttle bay. She knows, yeah. yeah. I love when uh, when Bellana comes into the shuttle bay. She's like, Tom Paris. <laughs> I wanted her to use your full name. Thomas Eugene Paris, you I are know. in trouble. Yes. Mm -hmm. She's looking for him. She yep. goes over to by the shuttle. She finds a missing tool over there. Yeah. Missing, Which is missing, one of her tools, actually, yeah. with the, yeah. taken without permission. She goes inside. He's not yeah. there. And as she turns to leave, the door shuts. Yeah. She can't get out. It's She's it locks. Trapped. It locks her in. <laughs> All starts, of a sudden, there's life support failure. Yeah. She starts gasping for breath. Yeah. Tom uh, comes in <laughs> to see her banging on the banging yeah. and She's losing dying, consciousness. Losing yeah. consciousness. <laughs> he opens the door. She gets some oxygen and and well, she you runs. ask her. You say, "What are you doing here?" And she just pushes past you and get out of yes. there and get air. And she's so she angry. She says, the ship tried to kill me. Yes. And that's in the corridor that, that she says that because you she's already in the corridor at this point. Uh, Tom catches up with her and that's when she says, your ship tried to kill me. He says, that's ridiculous. They start arguing about start all arguing. this recent I behavior. Like this, I like this scene. It was, was a great really scene. It's a really, this. really good scene. Really intense scene. And Tom's trying to physically stop her. Oh my God. You and got so one, loud in this one. I was I like, did. I was like, you listen scared, to me. You scared Stay. me. Oh, good. Well, you, you scared me. It's like, but I, I never think this is part of that. This is, uh, this is the, you know, the rock bottom, I guess. Or the, yeah, no, it was necessary, but I'm just saying that I've never seen you personally that loud in my life. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like in terms of your I was interactions, acting. I know yeah, you're I was, acting, but I, I was saying, but you still like you, you have the potential to get that loud. Yeah. If something, if something, gets to you that much and you lose it. It's you, kind of like if I'm a at a Georgia team. Bulldogs football game and the other team gets away with cheating like Alabama. You get loud, man. I get loud. Well, you know, I've seen you. You you get very vocal and you're you're a pacer. You walk I, back and I do. forth. 
I don't even think a chair needs if you know if you're ever at a party and and people have uh, watching a Georgia game, you can come in and say, I don't need a chair. I don't need a chair. I I don't need to sit. I'm going to pace this entire. That's what I did in this scene in the hallway. (laughs) It was like I was at a Georgia game. (laughs) Yes, and she was the official, the ref that called, that made the call in favor of Alabama, and boy, you laid it into her. Yes, I did. Um, (laughs) Um, But yes, I yell at her, stay out of this, Balana. Yeah. Then suddenly Alice is there. Yeah. Um, Tom is freaking out yeah um, balana says she's gonna go talk to the captain and alice says let her go let her go and tom says to alice you almost killed balana and now the first argument between tom and alice happens yes. and alice says well balana broke into my database and was about to discover the flight plan and tom says well uh, well maybe maybe then it's time that she did discover it and, and again back and forth arguing arguing and tom is realizing for the first time the danger that alice poses yep. to not only himself but to his loved one um and so he's trying to get away from her and yeah, he, he wants says, to go okay, to this is bay. over yeah. this, this is, is over. over yeah because she says well if they uh, they just have to do one scan of you on sick bay and realize what's going on and tom's like fine then it's done we're going to do this and he starts trying to get away from Alice. Alice follows him. He gets into the turbo lift and another cool reveal that she's right there. <laughs> she's immediately yeah, there. She's everywhere. Yeah, he can't she, get away. He can't get away. Um, Tom requests sick bay. Um, the, turbo, the turbo lift begins its journey to sick bay, but uh, Alice starts to remind him of how he felt when he first saw her yep. the first time he intera- interacted with her. And when he's, he's trying to resist. He's trying yeah, to get to trying sick bay. To, he wants trying to. And uh, and, then, and then she puts like blue veins in his head. And she blue veined you. Um, she blue veined yeah, me. That's it's her, like these vis effects. It was like a big migraine headache. Yeah, you know, that's her ace. That's her ace in the hole. That's her ace card in the hole that she used. That's the last resort move, which is give you this aneurysm kind of thing. Yeah. And um, you're in pain. It obviously hurts a lot. Yeah, um, I fell to the floor. Say, Tom yeah. falls to the floor. But you say He's... no. You still say no. So then she yep. gives you a bigger jolt, a bigger shock, more blue vein. And... Lots of screaming in this scene. Yeah, big scream. A very emotional sequence all the way from finding Balana in the shuttle yes. dying to... yes blue veining in the in the turbo yeah. lift oh yeah but you comply paris complies at the end he she, he does say let's deck 10 shuttle bay so they head right back there mm-hmm. um we cut to the ready room and torres is having a conversation with janeway she's stating her case ever since tom has been working on alice he hasn't slept he, he's become irritable irrational this neurogenic interface has some kind of effect on him is what janeway deduces and so just as janeway tells Torres that she'll have the doctor take a look at Tom. We hear Chakotay's voice on the comm, yes. notifying Janeway that we have an unauthorized launch in progress. No, Guess happening. who? Guess who? So we jump to the bridge. Um, Chakotay orders Harry to seal the shuttle bay doors. It's too late. Tom and Alice, they're already out. Janeway, yep. Janeway orders a tractor beam. Now it cuts to the interior of, of Alice, and Paris says that they're trying to tractor us. Alice says, stop them. And Tom says he can't. She says, well, you'll be able to maneuver better if you complete the interface by activating the connector sequence. So Tom hesitates. He does it. All of a sudden, these tubule cables shoot out of the chair. They're glow sticks. The glow sticks come out and it's attached like to you. Long, skinny glow sticks. You come are out. going to a rave, is what you're about to go to. So, yes, the, the glow, glow sticks, sticks come, out. come out and they hug him all they, around his chest. Yeah. 
Yep. And well, not as not that many. There's like three that come. There's out. like three or four later, come out. more. But then now yeah. there's three. And so now now these nodes they connect to the little glow sticks, and Tom all the, all of a sudden he realizes he says I can disrupt disrupt the tractor beam with an optronic pulse. And she's like, Well, all right, go ahead. We jump back to the bridge. Tuvok says he's powering weapons. Chakotay orders full power to the shields. Torres, who is on the bridge now, yeah, reports Which that she normally isn't. But she's not, up on the bridge, right? Up at that center console. Mm-hmm. I love that center console. Okay. We should. I, use that more often we should she, she reports that tom is disrupting the tractor beam janeway says to increase power to emitters but he breaks free and janeway orders tom to stand down return to voyager we cut back to alice and tom is just completely brainwashed he says mm-hmm. i can't i'm with alice now let us go and janeway says you know you know that i can't let you do that and that's when alice says to tom that janeway would do anything to get him back and he must stop her and that he knows how to do that. So then she said, she actually says, you know, th- your captain will do anything to get you back. I don't blame her for that. It's like, she's like, <laughs> yeah. a, she's like flattering him. Like, yeah. like, Oh, and this with the glow sticks and the <laughs> yeah. blue veins and all, you're going to really, you're going to try flattery. Yes. Flattery. But it seems <laughs> to work. It does. It seems to work. It does. It, it does. Brad, we could cut to the bridge and Kim says uh, he's coming about. Tom fires at Voyager, direct hit, and then just shoots the warp. Jane, Janeway says track him, but uh, we cannot because he's gone. Tom has masked his warp signature. He's gone, exactly. Him and the glow we, sticks. Uh, we have a little time cut. We see a space POV of like warp stars flying by. Yeah. And I thought, is that warp 11? Did I, did I break <laughs> the warp barrier again? Because it was a different kind of warp look. Okay. I feel gotcha. like Tom's, yeah, he's doing, he maybe wants to be a, a lizard or a salamander. There, there were times when I was watching this episode that if I got, I got sort of suggestions of threshold in a way, you know, I was mm. like, Oh, it made me, it reminded me of threshold. Every With time. a similar sort of obsession yes. of, 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 you know, an obsession story. Yeah. An obsession about flying a shuttle story basically. Yes. Right. Yes. So very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit repackaged on this one. Um, so now we see in the interior that, um, there are even more glow sticks. More glow sticks <laughs> yeah. wrapped around. And and then somehow Alice starts reciting the myth of Daedalus fashioning yes. wings of wax and feathers, escaping which, his prison, yeah. which is Tom's one of Tom's favorite myths. And I never and Tom knew that. says that. Tom says, well, now you do. Tom says, yeah. that's one of my favorite myths. And she goes, I know, because she knows everything you're thinking. Yeah. Um, and it's just, again, you look like a Borg. There's so much stuff going out in and out of you. You're starting to look glow Borg, stick. I'm a, I'm a rave Borg. You're a rave Borg is what you are. So and, many glow sticks. And, and, uh, and then you make the comment that your arms feel numb. Arms can't move. And by the way, when my arms can't move, and when I look, when you look down at the, the cutaway to the yeah, insert so, of my yes, hands trying yes. to move, that's not my hands. It's not your hand, is it? I knew it. No. They use someone else's hand. They use somebody else for the insert. They, they would often do that. They'd shoot mm-hmm. all of the dialogue in our faces. But if yep. it was something that didn't involve faces, they'd do that later with the second unit with stand-ins. I, and photo I didn't like that, honestly, because I, I, it did that bother you? Did that ever bother you? I don't know. It didn't. I, it bothered me a little bit. I mean, now okay. that I've directed a lot more and yeah. I much prefer filming the real actors doing Yes, agree. Because there is some story and there's some detail in the way that the real actor would do it. Yeah. And not a photo double, but that was a photo double with the hands. Yeah. Here. And I would always notice when they did not use my hands because it's 
they would try to bring in, I don't know if they did it for you, but they brought in various people to compare their hands to yeah. mine and try to pick one. And my my hands, my, my fingers are so long and slender that it's very hard to duplicate that. So I always can see when it's not my hand. It kind of yeah. bugs me that it's yeah. not my hand. There were a couple inserts in this episode that was not my hands, yeah. for sure. Okay. Um, so his arms feel numb. And Alice says, who needs arms when you have wings? And so mm. she says they're connected now. And she tells him to forget the old Tom Paris. He no longer exists. This is the new Tom Paris, molded, melded with me, Alice. Basically, instead of Tom, you are, what are you? Alam. Alice. Alam. Alice. <laughs> I'm trying to mix Alice and Tom together. Alam. Alam or, or, yeah. or Tallis. Tallis. Alice. It sounds like you're saying Tom-less. the tallest t- Tomless. <laughs> That's better. You are Tomless in this one. Okay. Yes. Um, we jumped to the bridge. Abaddon is now on the view screen. We clearly Voyager has traveled back to the junkyard now. And he says, my policy, no refunds. Janeway says she doesn't want a refund, just information. Abaddon, and again, really, I, I love the writing here. Abaddon says, That's one commodity that I don't keep in stock and that he should look elsewhere. And she says, well, not until I'm not going elsewhere until I get some answers. And Abaddon then says, well, I'm prepared to deal with disgruntled customers. Again, love the writing here. Tuvok then reads active weapon signatures on three of the derelict ships that are now targeting Voyager. And Janeway says, well, before we take actions, we may both regret. Mr. Neelix has something to show you. Neelix then shows him the beryllium crystal, which Abaddon by mistake traded in. And he says, listen, and Abaddon clearly recognizes the value of this crystal. Yes. And Neelix says, in exchange for some information, I will return this to you, which is too good of a deal to pass up. The next scene is in the briefing room. Tuvok begins the scene by saying, haunted. And Abaddon says, well, that's what the Harkonian Harkonian? Yeah. Yeah. Harkonian. Uh, that's yeah. Abaddon says that's what the Harkonian who traded the ship to me said. So, uh, you know, there's already this history of this ship being a little weird. Chakotay asked Abaddon if he noticed anything odd about the ship. And as Abaddon begins to talk about his experiences with the ship, he then sees Alice, who Alice now looks like it on the form of his species. Yes. Uh, a female from his own species. And immediately, uh, good job by our guest star. He is absolutely frightened. Um, he, he says, I will return everything that I received in trade for the ship and, and no questions asked. And I would just, and then he demands to be transported back to the, to, to his mm-hmm. junkyard. But, uh, Alice then blue veins him, uh, and he falls down to the ground and he he's again, blue veined a second time. And he then has, uh, an aneurysm and, and collapses. He's, he's out. Now, out the of- thing I wonder here is, I get like metaphorically that she's, you know, that he was haunted by her and she's, but like from a technology standpoint, isn't it the shuttle interface is the thing like the shuttle's nowhere around and he's not connected anymore. The shuttle's connected to Tom. Why is it doing it to him? I just, it doesn't like from- Because she already imprinted her, she'd already restructured his brain when she, he was connected. So he's already- permanent? Yes, I think so. Until it's rever- until, until it's, it's reversed by, by the a doctor, doctor and reversed by the doctor exactly. That's what I that's what I got. Um, you felt it was more of a hole in the script, though. Is what to me, thinking. yeah, the doctor. Well, let's go to the next scene, and maybe this will help us if we talk through it. But we go to sick bay, and the doctor is able to 
fix his the hemorrhage cerebral had, hemorrhage the yeah. cerebral hemorrhage mm-hmm. he had in the briefing room and he says that um alice did did create this connection and that's she's the cause of mm-hmm. of this uh, cerebral hemorrhage and he gives him a cortical suppressant to prevent him from having any more of these hallucinations oh well but then I that guess- means he's still she's still if he doesn't if the suppressant wears off he can still be affected by her. That's what, what I'm, I'm saying. Like, so it's permanent. If it's, then. if it's permanent, yeah. then why isn't Tom like, this is permanent for Tom too. It's happening. Well, you know, I, I guess you have to ha- take your cortical suppressant pill every day, once a day. I guess it. so. It just seemed to me like it would be cleaner if it was just the one-on-one connection. Yeah. But I get why they needed Abaddon to, to have this hallucination. I just don't get then why Tom doesn't have the same permanent effects, but maybe we should ask Brian Fuller. I'm sure they've got a reason. I'm sure they talked to him. Yes. It's got to be this quarter. Maybe the cortical suppressant is a one-time thing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, you know, he had never thought of that before Abaddon and yeah. now the doctor fixed him up and he's good to go. Possibly, okay. Okay. possibly. But then Janeway asks Abaddon, you know, what does this ship want with our crewman? And Abaddon says, well, the ship cannot fly herself. She needs a pilot, a biological mm-hmm. entity to work uh, in tandem with her programming. And um, Janeway says, well, if all she needed was a pilot, why didn't she just use you? And Abaddon said he wasn't Because he's not Tom Paris. His, yeah, he's not. His reflexes are too slow. He's too he's slow. He's like a turtle. He's not a good pilot. He's not a good pilot. For those that think Tom is not the greatest pilot of all time, this just episode. Just ask Alice. <laughs> just ask Alice. She found the only pilot that could possibly <laughs> get her to the particle uh, fountain that she's looking for. Um, uh, yeah, so, so right. Abaddon was no good. She needed a better pilot. She found Tom. Right. Um, and, and, and she he also apologizes said, in the end. He's, yeah. He does say, yeah. you know, I'm sorry. I, I should have warned you about this, but I, right. I, he couldn't uh, resist right. the influence of this hallucination. Right. And, and he, he says that, that basically Alice needs a pilot to take her to this final destination. He doesn't mm-hmm. know where this destination is. He doesn't have the coordinates. Um, Alice never told him. Uh, Alice mm-hmm. only told him, find, find her a real pilot, a real man like Tom mm-hmm. Paris. So the end of the scene is Seven chimes in. You can hear Seven on the comms telling Captain Janeway to report to Astrometrics. And this is where Seven reveals to Janeway that she has reconstructed the data from Ensign Paris, the data that he was inputting into mm-hmm. the computer there. And his shady little move. Shady little move. Yeah. She unearthed, she unearthed the shade. She shone light on the shade and realized that the course trajectory leads to a point in spatial grid 867. Janeway says it looks uninhabited. Seven says, well, it is empty space with the exception of one small anomaly. And Janeway yes. notices that it's a particle fountain. And that the Federation has lost more than a dozen ships examining a similar phenomenon Phenomenon, in the Alpha Quadrant. So she says, relay the coordinates to the bridge. We cut to Alice, the interior of Alice. And Alice says, take us out of warp. And she says, can you see it now? And Tom says, yes, what is it? And Alice looking at, and they're both looking at the particle fountain. Alice says, home. So now this is what I don't get. A particle fountain is super dangerous. How is this Alice's home? I mean, yeah. was she 
I don't. Was she get constructed it. It by makes... aliens? I need to talk to Brian Fuller. Is I need she to know. Supernatural of something? Do they live I, in a particle fountain? Was she a? Oh, was she a? Was she, was Alice a crew member of a ship that was destroyed in the in the particle fountain and turned into a ghost, and then she sort of inhabited the the ship, this shuttle that went by. The it's Harkonian. all very mysterious. It is mysterious. I don't know. The particle fountain doesn't feel like a place that any alien species would build this kind of technology because it seems like a weird, dangerous phenomenon. It does. Not a place that would be home. But anyway. But it is beautiful. It's her home. It's it actually, it's, it looks like you are at the rave at this point. I mean, the light show yeah. is gorgeous. Okay. Yeah. Um, so now Voyager, we're on the Voyager bridge and Voyager is also at the particle fountain. Janeway says distance, 6 million kilometers. Uh, Janeway says decreased speed to one quarter impulse, full power to shields. And Tuvok detects Alice off the starboard bow. And Kim says, it's Tom headed right for the mm -hmm. anomaly. Janeway asks if he can get a transporter lock. Kim says, no, ma'am, not with those multi-phasic shields in place. And Janeway says, mm -hmm. um, are we in hailing range? Tuvok opens the channel and Paris says, keep your distance, Captain, or we'll open fire. It's like, we will open fire. We are one. You're kind mm -hmm. of like a Borg in a way. In Very a, much like a yeah. Borg, I think. It, yeah. you know, this thing gets into your, your yeah. brain. And a your... collective of two. So, yes. Uh, yes. all right. Janeway says, Tom, listen to me. This neurogenic interface, it's affecting your judgment. Drop mm -hmm. your shields. Let us beam you aboard. We cut over to interior of Alice. We still hear Janeway talking, and she goes, let us beam you aboard. Tom's got the Alice. glow sticks wrapped, in, wrapped up. He can't <laughs> he move. He can't move. Alice says, ignore them. Just keep going. We're back on the bridge. Kim says he's not responding. So Janeway says target his propulsion systems and fire. Tom feels the weapons hit him because he reacts as if mm -hmm. it was hitting him personally. Tuvok says direct hit. Vessel shields are holding. And Doctor quickly, quickly chimes into the bridge. Doctor says, don't yeah. do this. Stop, gonna, stop firing. Yeah, yeah it, Paris's neural readings are fluctuating. His synaptic functions have become linked to the ship. If we keep firing, we could injure him severely. So Janeway acknowledges mm -hmm. this. Um, she says to Tuvok, stand down. Kim says, we got 10 minutes until he reaches the particle fountain. Chicote wonders if there's any way to disable their shields without firing weapons. Tuvok says, if he could access their main computer and transmit a shutdown sequence, that may be a solution. Kim mm -hmm. goes, well, problem is Tom and Alice would detect it. They would compensate. So Janeway says, maybe we could find a way to distract them. Mm -hmm. So then she calls over to the doctor. The doctor says, go ahead. And she asks about uh, if he's had any progress on this analysis of the neurogenic interface. And the doc says, not yet, Captain. And Janeway says, well, would it be possible to tap into the interface using a comp signal? The doctor is like, yeah, so basically I think they make so. a phone call in yeah. this interface. Yes. But Tom will think it's it's real life. Correct. It, he, will, he won't, he won't know, know it's a phone call. He won't know it's a phone call. And the doctor is unsure of what Janeway is up to. Um, but he but says, anyway, yeah, I think yeah, I can do I it. I can do it. Janeway says, okay, you got five minutes, get it done. And, and tell Volana. I know, and then Janeway goes, and tell Volana to get ready for an away mission. And Torres is like, Captain, what? An away mission? Well, a secret kind of away mission. We go to space. We see yep. a cool particle fountain out in space. It is mm -hmm. a cool. It is. It's phenomenon. beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Uh, we go to sick bay. Doc's hooking up the neural interface. Bolana says it's going to be weird getting inside Tom's head, which I thought was very funny. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't know if I want to know what he th he's th my boyfriend's thinking about, which I get. I, I wouldn't want to be in. Do you think head, once really. she's in, what she? Do you think she can see everything 
that you have thought of in the last six years? Can she uh, map your brain at this point? I think this is like I'm a, wondering. Uh, it's a phone call. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to so say that she's not. Yeah. She's, she's not. She's not accessing the deepest recesses of your brain at this point. I'm going to okay. say I hope not. Okay. Good. Okay. We go to the shuttle now, and I I wrote down that is a super tight close up of Tom Paris. <laughs> It's really tight on Tom as he's in this chair. Yeah. Then the camera pans over from Alice, you know, to see Alice there, then back to Tom. And then the next time it pans over, Balana's there. Yeah. So they did tap in. They got they the phone in. call yeah. to tap into the uh, to this uh, neurogenic hookup. And basically, Balana's there going, this program is tricking you it's it's yeah. not this is not you know this is not real and yeah alice is just a pile of circuits in the ship's computer core you're letting yep. a program delude you it's just a program mm-hmm. not like the doctor who is more than a program i have to say mm-hmm. that because i'm getting so much flack for saying he's just a program so he's more than alice that's for sure janeway says you know we've got to do this now balana says i need you to tommy and basically in this scene tom is Seeing each of these women, you know, Alice and Bellana both in the shuttle. He's he's visualizing both of them there, and they're both trying to convince him to follow. You know, Bellana's saying, "Follow me, listen to me." Mm-hmm. Alice is saying, "Listen to me." Paris is like, "Leave me alone!" No, very dramatic <laughs> acting from yours truly here. Um, <laughs> while he's distracted, though. Yeah, uh, while, Tuvok and, gets into the main computer. He accesses the main computer yep. while, during this distraction. Tuvok, and he he takes the uh, disables the shuttle shields and is able to beam Paris off of the shuttle. Yes, and but directly, a little a little difficulty because there was a little interference from the particle fountain. Kim could not beam him immediately to sickbay. Um, Chakotay boosts the confinement beam, and on the second shot, we get Tom back, and he's now in sickbay. And Tuvok reports that Alice is losing helm control and hurdles into the particle fountain. And we she see... doesn't have the best pilot in space. <laughs> yeah, That's... she can't. She can't even. She can't pilot anything without can't you. Pilot. Without, yeah, she goes right the into Tom, the the Tom Paris. Yes, right into the middle of the particle fountain, and the Alice is ceased to exist. Alice yes. explodes into a gabillion pieces. Big purple explosion. It was very pretty. Bam, boom. Uh, and then Janeway is just like, okay, resume course to the Alpha Quadrant. She's like. Was, I thought that was very funny. Uh, off of this dramatic moment, she's like, "Okay, did that? Let's it's go to so, the Alpha Quadrant." It was so. Yeah. It's so you're so right. It was just so matter of fact. It was yeah. Like, it was yeah. very matter of what, fact. It was a throwaway line. Eh, let's go to the Alpha Quadrant. We're done. We got Tom. He's he's uh, a little cuckoo in the copa. He's very, a little cuckoo, but we'll, we'll fix yeah. it. Yeah. Our very last scene. We go to sick bay. Tom mm. is back to looking like himself. He's recovering, but the doctor says he's going to need a few days of rest and then leaves Balana and Tom alone. And Balana gives Tom a get well card. Uh, he opens it up. So it's, sweet. From, it's very sweet from Naomi Wildman. Good old Naomi. She and wasn't in this episode, but she still made it in. Again, I wish that, you know, it would have been nice if there was a scene with Tom and Naomi early and, on where you yeah. see, you know, I don't know. It just would have paid off emotionally for me more if if there had been a little more of a bookend of why Tom went down this dark road. Mm-hmm. You know what, where he was at, because it just seemed to come out of left field. No, you're right. So the whole the whole journey felt a little emotionally thin to me. Yeah. 
but but it was a sweet get well card. And it Harris was. does say to Bellana, he goes, I'm really, really sorry. And he says he remembers everything. It was like he was sleepwalking. Yeah. Uh, he just wasn't in control. He couldn't do anything. He remembers everything he said and everything he did. Mm-hmm. So even the manhandling of his lady, the yelling at, at her, and uh, he apologizes. And he, he apologizes. Big apology. And she says, he, he says it was like he was sleepwalking. She says, well, what matters is you woke up. And they have a nice hug there. It is a nice little hug. And a yeah. kiss. You guys kiss. Don't you we kiss? Have a nice hug and a kiss. And Tom promises no more affairs with strange ships. Balana asks, what about the Delta Flyer? Tom says, we're just friends. And then they kiss. And, and then they kiss. Yes. And that's the end. Gross. Kissing. <laughs> Ew. Kissing. And it was a little loud, too. I, I. It was loud. You guys are loud. That's smoochers. our reputation. We're and loud. And loud nookiers as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, I'll tell you, this is not an episode for any PT shipper. Uh, PT shippers are probably just, you know, just cringing when they're watching yeah. this. They're not yeah. happy about it. I get um, it. Okay. So what is your my theme and your lesson for this episode? I wrote down for my lesson, don't get lost in fantasy. Hmm. Okay. The, it's that it's pretty simple to me. It's like, you know, going down the road of like your, your interests, hobbies, your things that you're, you know, you're drawn to can cross the line into I agree. dangerous yeah. territory and fantasy. That's mm-hmm. just not real. So mm-hmm. don't get lost in fantasy. What about you? Um, similar to yours. It's in the same neighborhood. Uh, too much of a good thing is too much. Basically yeah. moderation is key. You really, when you obsess on anything in life that much, and start to ignore your job, your your family members, that is an indication that you should back off a little bit. This is mm-hmm. way too much. You're mm-hmm. not getting you're not getting anything done except for your obsession. So moderation yeah. is key. My rating for this episode, mm-hmm. I was happy to see Tom having a big episode, but I was not thrilled, as I've mentioned, yeah. structurally with this just the story. I feel like it could have. You know, based on our our lessons and our themes, moderation is key. If maybe things had started with, you know, they were all, everyone's in the mess hall eating, uh, you know, cake, but Tom's just going a little too far. And then the very last scene could have been they're back in the mess hall and they've got cake again. And Tom's like, nope, I'll just take, like, I feel like it needed some bookends. Yeah. Kind of say like, here's where Tom was. He went down this road. Now he's learned his lesson mm-hmm. or if it had you. been, you know, don't get lost in fantasy. If the first scene had been everybody in the mess hall and Tom really being able to articulate, wow, I love my life right now. I love mm-hmm. reality. And then he goes down the fantasy road and then he's back in the mess hall and he says, yeah. wow, I'm really glad to be back in my real life. There yeah. could have just been some structure mm-hmm. with a, with a couple of added scenes. I hear you could have, could have put a, it could have packaged the story with a lot more meaning mm-hmm. than just this, uh, this weird. So what's your road. rating? My rating is a six. Solid six. Solid six. Okay. Uh, I will be higher than that. And I'm going to give this episode 7.1. 7.1. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see our Admiral and captain's average rating for Alice is. <laughs> 7.1. <laughs> wow. Yes. 
Ooh. Wow. Oh, nice call on that Thank one. you. I've had a few really, that one time when I guessed it was Alan Craker as the director and I was right, you were shocked. You're like, I can't believe you got that one. I it know. was like, what? So yeah, oh, no, it wasn't Alan. It was um, uh, Potsy from Happy Days. Uh, oh, Anson and, Williams. Yes. When I guess Anson Williams, it was a shot in the dark. It was like a one in 100 chance. That oh I would yeah. Get that. Cause he only and I got it, it twice. Yeah, exactly. Us, so I, I, yes, that's, and here I am hitting the 7.1. Okay. 7.1. Well, good. <sighs> All right. Good, well, good, good. I just well, that was that was fun. Yeah, a lot yes. of good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Thank you, uh, fans, for tuning in to Robbie and I's discussion of this week's episode, Alice. We hope that you tune in next week when we will be recapping and discussing the episode Riddles. Awesome. I like the name. I like that. Name. Yeah. All right. Good title. See you next week. See everybody next week. Bye.